You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. One outcome in the NFL on Sunday has us all rethinking the power structure. Who are the best teams? And tonight can make us shape that thought even differently. It's Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Jason Fitz, hanging out with Harry Douglas as we get you ready for Monday Night Football, as we recap some of the best of what happened over the course of the weekend, as always on Monday. Bill Barnwell going to join us next hour. We'll get his thoughts. We're going to do some interesting exercises to figure out who the best teams in the NFL are. But Harry, we start with Monday Night Football. We are just over an hour away from kickoff between the Commanders and the Eagles in two teams that came into this year saying, prove it. Who are we? What can we be? One team, the Eagles, undefeated, have answered every single question. The other team, the Commanders, continue to sit mired in mediocrity as they sit in the middle of the East trying to figure out how to become playoff contenders. Well, I'll say this. When, we, when you look at the Washington Commanders, I think the last four weeks we've seen a lot from them uh, with Taylor Heineke being the quarterback, not Carson Wentz. They beat the Bears, the Packers, the Colts, and lost to the Vikings in a very close game that they should have won when they were up in the fourth quarter. So I think we're starting to see a different team with them. That defensive line that they have with De'Ron Payne, Jonathan Allen, and Montez Sweat, those guys are playing a, a good brand of football right now, Fitz. But you look at the Philadelphia Eagles and what they've been able to do this year. Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, bringing over A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans. Looks to be the best move, best offseason move outside of Tyreek Hill going to the Miami Dolphins. And it's uh, been very beneficial for the Eagles as well. When you take the Eagles portion of it, I think if you combine the draft with what we saw from their work in free agency, I don't think anybody had a better offseason. But I want to go to the other side. You just mentioned the commanders, and it's an important book on them, right? Like, their defensive line is beastly. Like, you look at the way that they get after the quarterback. It is impressive. I love all of that. But we came into this year saying, all right, what are the commanders doing at quarterback? And now we sit midway through the season still saying, what are the commanders doing at quarterback? Like, you're, you're right that they've looked better with Taylor Heineke, but they've looked better against bad teams. The question is, Will they look good against a great team? Because the Eagles right now at 8-0 certainly look like one of the elite teams in the NFL. Yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup because we got to remember when these two teams faced off early in the year, the Philadelphia Eagles and that defensive line and that front seven sacked Carson Wentz uh, nine times. And I understand this Taylor Heineke, he brings a different dimension, a more athletic background to things. But when your offensive line gives up nine sacks in a ball game, and I remember saying this, Fitz, when they played the first time, I said they should be embarrassed. They should not want to walk around and look at anybody after letting your quarterback get sacked nine times. So they're going to have their hands full today because that defensive line, that defense period for Philadelphia, led by my friend Jonathan Gannon. Yes, he was at Louisville with me as a GA. I knew he had the intangibles to be a great coach, and he's a defensive coordinator for the Eagles right now, and they're doing big things defensively, especially with those two corners they have in Brad Berry and Darius Slay. You guys can be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. We got the NFL game yesterday that fans deserve. Instant classic is the words that everybody's using. I don't remember seeing in a, a more chaotic ending than what we saw yesterday between the Vikings and the Bills at Buffalo. But I'm telling you, Harry, right now I'm looking squarely at the Bills and saying, man, we are making excuses every single time they don't play well. And we are making excuses for why MVP candidate Josh Allen just threw a turd of a football that cost them that game at the end. 
Yeah, it's it's hard to to swallow because you look at the Buffalo Bills and you see how this roster is constructed fits. And it should say best team in the National Football League. I just don't think they're there right now. And one of the things I think we are seeing from the Buffalo Bills is that they aren't invincible, right? Teams can beat them. Uh, and Josh Allen is going to help you out in those regards. We look at the game against the Vikings yesterday. Two interceptions, one fumble. I never thought in a million years I'd be talking about the National Football League quarterback center exchange. That's something you learn in peewee football, middle <laughs> school football, high school football. We can't get a damn snap. If I got to sit here and coach, can my quarterback get a snap from the center? We're in a war hell of trouble but you look at the turnovers against the Jets that gave them an opportunity to win that game uh, the week before playing the Vikings you look at the Dolphins game and Josh Allen didn't have his best game what I'm seeing from Josh Allen the last three games brings me back to the Josh Allen I've seen in his first year in his second year where he's not trusting every uh, everyone and he's trying to be a hero and play hero ball and put everything on his shoulders relax Josh Allen relax rely on your guys every play doesn't have to be a home run Take your check down in overtime. You already had the field goal in the bag, right? If you're down in the tight red zone, don't force the ball to your tight end. Patrick, that's a Pat, Patrick Peterson's first interception. And then also quarterback center exchange. Before your quarterback sneak it, you got to secure the damn snap first before you can go anywhere. If you don't have the ball, how can you go anywhere? Yeah, Harry. I mean, I keep thinking about the overtime throw particularly. It didn't have to happen. Like, you got to be smarter right there when you are Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen a few years ago wouldn't get the benefit of the doubt. Like, we would sit there and say, well, you know, it's just Josh Allen. You can't now tell me he's developed into one of the two or three best quarterbacks in the NFL and an MVP candidate and then also allow that throw to happen. Warren Moon, Pro Football Hall of Famer, was on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. This is what he said about Allen and where his confidence comes right now. When you're throwing that seam cut into the middle of the field, you've got to hit that back foot and let it go right away. You can't double clutch because that defensive back is now going to be driving on the football because he sees that's where you want to come with it. And Josh Allen has so much confidence in his arm. Sometimes he has too much confidence in his arm. And I was the same way sometimes, so I can't sit here and say I'm perfect. But that's what happens when you think you can make every throw and you can get every ball in there. But when you double clutch going in the middle, bad things are usually going to happen. Harry, what's amazing to me, Spain and Fitz, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, what's amazing to me is how when you take different steps as an organization and as a player, those plays become more and more crucial. This one game may not be the end of the season, right? Like it, it certainly changes the playoff standings as we sit today. My bigger concern is, to your point, a couple of big games lately, we've seen Josh Allen try too hard. That's the sort of stuff you look at and say, well, when you put that together with the past failures we've seen in the playoffs – why should I trust Josh, Josh Allen in, in January? Well, and I'll say this. And what the, the, the three losses that they have right now, what these teams have done is, is take a page out of the Tennessee Titans book from two years ago when they played them, uh, I think it was a Monday night. And they said, you know what? We're going to methodically make Josh Allen work this football down the field and bank on him being impatient and making a mistake. That's what's been happening of late to, to Josh Allen. They're forcing him to methodically work the football down the field and not giving up too many of the big plays, and he's getting impatient. Never get tired of putting money in the bank. Why in the hell would I get tired of making deposits? I don't care if it's $1, $2, $3. As long as I'm in the pluses, in, the, in, in my checking, in my savings account, 
I don't care. Never get tired of putting money in the bank. And that's one of the things he did against the Dolphins is he's starting to get a little bit impatient. We've seen a mistake before halftime, not spiking the football and allowing his team to get a field goal out of it. So they're getting mistakes from their best player, and it's also hurting them in those regards to the point to where the Miami Dolphins are first place right now in the AFC East. I do want to say quickly, Harry, we've spent all this time talking about the failings of the Bills. I will also acknowledge the successes of the Vikings because – I mean, you are talking about plays that I cannot believe. I'm still shooketh by watching Justin Jefferson on that fourth and 19 just absolutely go up and say, this is my ball and I want it right now. I mean, just the the way that they attacked that game, I got to give a lot of credit uh, to Minnesota. Yeah, I give them credit because they were down 27 to 10, Fitz, with a minute and 51 seconds left in the third quarter. And no one on that team, I didn't see not one time anybody say, you know what, we talked this one up, we lost it. We're going against the Buffalo Bills that everybody is crowning as the best team in the National Football League outside of the Eagles, and we're going to throw the towel in. No, they didn't do that. They fought hard. They got a big run from Dalvin Cook that kind of sparked things. Their defense came up big. And then Justin Jefferson, yes, the Jeff- Justin Jefferson that I think is the best wide receiver in the National Football League right now is unguardable his release game the way he can line up inside outside he can be too short intermediate deep the young man is a flat-out baller and if he's one-on-one he's gonna win if he's two-on-one he's gonna win just take your chances with him and Kirk Cousins does that you see he just throws the ball up sometimes sometimes I was like why is Kirk Cousins throwing his loaf of bread up in the air like this it's clearly gonna get intercepted (laughs) but Justin Jefferson said hell no I am the man that can and made the play for him All right, so Minnesota gets a big win. The Bills take a big loss, and it leads us to a little bit of an exercise here. What if we were the committee, just like in college football, and we got to decide who the top four teams were in the NFL in a way that only those teams went to the playoffs? We're going to go through that exercise next. We're going to try and figure out, based on what we've seen, who the top four in the NFL are. Next, Spain and Fitz, Harry Douglas in for Sarah Spain. I'm Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Every single week, college football fans yell at the college football playoff committee at the top of their lungs. How could these idiots get it so wrong? It's what happens every single week. And I challenge, if you had 13 of your friends sit in a room and try and figure out what the best local pizza is, you wouldn't be able to do that. It's much more difficult than you think. So the question is now, what would happen if there was a committee that got to decide who the top four teams are, not in college football but in the NFL, that's what we're about to do. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. You're going to want to hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed to chime in with who your top four in the NFL are, uh, at Jason Fitz, at HDouglas83, because he's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Uh, Harry's in for Sarah on Spain and Fitz. Uh, in the meantime, you guys know how this works. The College Football Committee is told to factor everything in. The eye test. Who have you beaten? Who have you played? What about head-to-head matchups? How are you playing right now? When did your loss come? How did your loss come? The amount of research that could go into this is absolutely mind-boggling. So we've decided that we on this show will now be the committee. That means myself, Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas, and that also means that we're getting Devin, producer extraordinaire, and Chris, uh, who's our assistant producer, board op extraordinaire. We're getting everybody in on this conversation. Uh, gentlemen, are we ready? This this is, this is going to get heated, right? So... Uh, do do you guys? We'll let Devin decide on this one important nugget. Are we starting at one? We're starting at one, right? Yes, you got to start. Uh, yeah, start at one. Okay, so the number one team in all the land, the number one NFL team in the entire league, is it the Eagles that are about to kick off in the mind of the committee, or is it somebody else? Harry Douglas, who you got at number one? 
I have the Philadelphia Eagles as the number one team and the best team in the National Football League. It's just hard for me to put somebody over them, and they have zero losses in the L column. Let me ask you a question, Harry. If you had mm-hmm. to bet the Harry Douglas Empire, all the cars, all of the all of the cars, all the houses, just the yep. entire Harry Douglas NFL Empire on a game on a neutral field right now between the Eagles and the Chiefs, who you taking? <laughs> you asking me to bet against Patrick Mahomes, I was saying, a, a, a guy I've seen done it the last what four years. That's not the scenario here. That's not what the committee is but, but about. The committee, okay? the, the, this committee member values the eye test, and the eye test says I'm not putting money on anybody other than Patrick Mahomes the way they're playing right now. Well, we might as well put Patrick Mahomes number one every year then because that's going to be the case every single year. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's not – but listen, I, it's something to be said for – being in the National Football League, playing eight games and not losing a game, right? And then a team that has the second-best record in the National Football League in the Minnesota Vikings, you actually thump those guys. Yes, the Minnesota Vikings the same team that just beat the Buffalo Bills, who a lot of people crowned. The Buffalo Bills that beat the Kansas City Chiefs who already the this year. Played? Who have the Eagles played? This is the SEC Big 12 matchup argument right now. Who have the Eagles played, Harry? Unfortunately, this is the National Football League. Um, and the worst team in the National Football League could beat the best team in the National Football League on any given day, Jason Fitz. Okay, the committee chair here is saying that that is the SEC argument. Right now, somebody in the committee is making that argument in Texas. But it's the SEC. Devin, who you got at number one? I'm with Harry, although I have the Eagles at number one. Although I test, I test, it tells me the Chiefs, right? And the head-to-head matchup, I'm taking the Chiefs. But you can't discount 8-0. You really can't. And also, we're at week 10. So... This could change. Like, this is one of the initial, you know what I mean? This is yeah, one but, of those but, but you're only supposed to take the book so far as it's written. Chris, you are nodding your head. What, who are you taking at number one, Chris? <laughs> I think Philly's better than Kansas City right now. Okay. Keep in mind. That's what I'm talking keep about, Keep in Chris. mind. That's what I'm talking about, Chris. So, according Kansas City lost to the Colts. Mm. Uh, okay. That they, is a fair. They have I don't have a counter points. to that argument. You are the right. The Eagles do not. I, I don't. Mm. Okay. So, the Eagles are number one for the committee. Who's at number two, then? All right, are we taking Kansas City at number two? Yeah, 100%. Okay, we all agree the Chiefs. We all agree there. Three's going to be tricky. All right, now we get to number three. So you just mentioned a Vikings team that right now has one loss. We've got a Dolphins team that's that's playing fired up. Uh, I mean, Harry, who you got at three? My number three spot goes to Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins. Wow. I just love what this team is right now. When Tua Tagovailoa, when he starts and he finishes the game, he is undefeated this year. Why do you I hate Kirk the, Cousins? Why do you I hate know, him? But let me tell you this. The Minnesota Vikings beat the Dolphins, but they beat the Dolphins without Tua. We've seen what this team looks like when Tua Tagovailoa is not the quarterback. We've seen them against the Bengals when he went out. We've seen them against the Jets. We've seen them against the Vikings. They lost three games in a row. As soon as Tua came back, voila! Magic. So I'm a little torn in here because the committee is told to consider head-to-head, but the committee is also told to consider in a loss who is not available. Very compelling point there. I was going to vote Minnesota at three. I have now been swayed to the Dolphins. I will put the Dolphins. Chris, who you got? I also have Miami. I I have Miami over Minnesota here for a lot of the reasons that Harry just laid out. I I think this team has shown that I don't know that there is a more explosive offense in the NFL right now then the Miami Dolphins when everybody's healthy. All right, Devin. Jeff Wilson Jr. Jr. there too. It looks good. Are you well, Devin? really quick, really quick, really yep. quick. Don't let this run game gets the gets gets the going like we've seen this this past week. 
Because with Jeff Wilson Jr., the trade for him, and then Raheem Mostert, two guys that understands this system, how are you going to guard the Miami Dolphins with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and those running backs running the, uh, running the football very effectively? All right, Devin, who you got at number three? Listen, yeah. I hate to be that guy, but I have the Vikings. All right, Devin is outvoted in the committee three to one. <laughs> As a result, uh, I'm glad that I my vote swayed. Otherwise, we would have been stuck on it forever. At number four, Harry, does that mean we're going Vikings at four? I have the Minnesota Vikings at number four. They're eight and one right now. Their only loss came to the best team in the National Football League, the Eagles. They just beat the Buffalo Bills, who a ton of people have been crowning uh, this so far this year. After, especially after we've seen them on Thursday night football against the Rams, we've seen them on Monday night football against the Titans, we've seen them against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think on Sunday night football, everyone was saying the Buffalo Bills is the best team in the National Football League. Well, if a lot of people crown them that, and the Minnesota Vikings beat them. They're my number four team still. Do we have any objectors? We'll do it this way. Anybody objecting to the to the Vikings at four? Chris? No. Devin? Listen, the only reason I did is because I flip-flopped three and four. But, again, I'm going to be outvoted here. Okay. So, yeah. No, that's fine if you had a flip-flop at three and four. So, just to be really quickly clear here, if there was a college football playoff committee, the Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins, and Vikings would make the playoffs, which means the Bills wouldn't even be in it. We went from – Oh, my God, the Bills are the best team in the NFL, so the Bills wouldn't even be in the playoffs from this committee. Who do you have at number five, Harry? I got the Buffalo Bills. They're 6-3. and three. Their three losses came to the Dolphins, Vikings, and Jets. But I'm not going to discredit a guy named – what's his name at the quarterback position? What is his name? Josh, Josh Allen? Allen. Even though he's not playing well right now, especially the last three games, they still have a defense. They have Von Miller a closer. They have Stephon Diggs, who was phenomenal against the Minnesota Vikings. So I got the Buffalo Bills right there at five. Oh, man. I, I'm a little torn, y'all. Like, I think we're sleeping on the Ravens. I think we're sleeping on the Ravens, but I, I will put the, I'll put the Bills at five. I'm good with that. Uh, Chris? Also have the Bills at five. Same. Spoiler, don't have the Ravens in this. Okay, so now we all have the Bills at five. Who do we have at six then? This this, this one's tricky. We, we're, we're quick here, Harry. Who you got? Oh, this is tough. I have the San Francisco 49ers. Wow. Oh, my God. Did not see that one coming. What, I have the we, San Francisco 49ers right What are we doing with the 49ers in there? Oh, my God. Well, I, I, I love their defense. I love the addition of Christian McCaffrey. The only thing that has to happen for them is Jimmy Garoppolo not mess it up, but he has players all across the board. Oh, I got the Ravens at six. I, I, I mean, I don't feel great about the Titans quarterback situation. Giants That's beat them head-to-head, Fitz. Give me the Giants. Oh, the Giants. You got two votes for the Giants? Head-to-head. <laughs> oh my God! Head head. Harry, we just got outvoted. Two vote to one vote for one. The Giants are at number six in our. Wow! I cannot imagine. They can't even throw the football. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com/careers. We'll ask Bill Barnwell what he thinks of our list next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. I've been doing radio a while for ESPN. I don't think we've ever had a topic that caused arguments before the segment and after the segment during the entirety of the break. And that's what's happened tonight. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas in for Sarah. I'm Jason Fitz. And we decided we were going to do an exercise that I've done in the past in different capacities. But uh, we brought uh, this whole show together, along with Chris and along with Devin, and we created the NFL Playoff Committee. So the same sort of rules as the College Football Playoff Committee, strength of schedule, who you played, how you played it. I've tweeted our results out there. We got the Eagles 1, the Chiefs 2, the Dolphins 3, the Vikings 4. There were some disagreements there, but that's that's what the majority voted. We got the Bills at five, meaning they wouldn't even make the playoffs. And we have the Giants at six. Somehow, we, 
we, we the committee. Look, I'm playing the I'm, I'm Boo here. Boo <laughs> Corrigan's the committee chairman. I'm trying to justify why two people went rogue on our committee and put the Giants in at six. We're going to take your calls in a little bit on our triple eight say ESPN 888-729-3776. You can also hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Tweet us there at HDouglas83 at Jason Fitz. In the meantime, let's get some expertise in the form of Bill Barnwell, host of the Bill Barnwell Show podcast, joining us as he does every week, ESPN NFL writer. Uh, I'm going to peek behind the curtain here and tell everybody so that the world knows I didn't just throw you into the wolves here. I I text Bill earlier and said, we're going to do this. So, Bill, uh, I just told you our top four, Eagles, Chiefs, Dolphins, Mm -hmm. Vikings. Uh, Do you agree with the assessment of the committee? I almost totally agree with the assessment of the committee. I thought I was going to be a little sly by putting the Dolphins at three, but you guys beat me to the punch. I feel like that's a very wise move. One, two, three. I'm with you guys 100%. I have four spots. Still not sure if I totally believe. I think we're looking at dominance at their best. I think the Cowboys are still the four seed to me if we're going to do this committee for best NFL teams through the first 10 weeks of the year. So you're putting the Cowboys in a four that didn't even make our list. And I got guys on this show that are trying to tell me that the Giants are better than, I don't know, the 49ers or the Seahawks <laughs> or, or the Ravens or the Titans. Like, what am I missing about the Giants that our committee members see? I mean, how, how many carries can you give Saquon in the game, right? Like, if Saquon carries the ball 50 times, these great 50 carries, maybe the Giants are, are that sort of team. But they are really dependent on Saquon, and they're really dependent on that blitz, and they've managed to pull that off. But so many games this year have been games where the Giants have struggled or, or been behind for most of the game and then pulled things out in the fourth quarter. Those wins count. They're, they're valid. They're meaningful. But if you look at what typically plays out well in the postseason, what typically lasts as the year goes on, it's teams who dominate for four quarters. And I think the Cowboys have a much better resume of doing that than the Giants do this year. Now, Bill, I got to ask you a question because what do you think about the uh, San Francisco 49ers being in the sixth spot on this list? I mean, we all know Jimmy Garoppolo's record, right? We know when Jimmy Garoppolo's in there, if he's healthy, they're going to win football games. We saw it last night as well. I mean, they have the pieces to work with there. I think for the Niners, the question is always health, right? I mean, is, is this, if this was on paper, looking at an entire season, who would you pick? I think the Niners would be up there. They were my Super Bowl pick from the NFC to make the Super Bowl before this season started, but that was with Trey Lance as an entirely different roster in a lot of ways. And so to me, I think for the Niners, the question is always how healthy are they going to be, not just now, but after another eight weeks of football. So, Bill, one team that didn't make our list, and we're trying to figure out what to make of, is Seattle, right? The Seahawks go to Germany, unbelievably. Can't believe I just said that phrase. They lose to Tampa Bay, but this is a team that is 3-1 at home. They've played better. They've run the football incredibly well. Where do you put the Seahawks in your overall assessment of the NFL? I buy them. I mean, I buy them as a legit playoff team. Are they a Super Bowl contender? I think the defense, strangely, is maybe more of a concern for me than Geno Smith and the offense. Like yesterday was not admittedly Geno's best game. They had some trouble protecting him, um, took a couple of sacks. Maybe he wouldn't want to take, didn't protect the football. Uh, that fumble, obviously unfortunate, but we know that hasn't been their game for the entire season. They've been very good when it's come to protecting Geno Smith and protecting the football. Geno's a very smart quarterback and puts the ball in situations where he knows either his guy's going to get it or it's going to be an incompletion most of the time. So I think, that formula for them on offense works and is sustainable. To me, I think the question is, can that defense hold up? They kind of got picked apart 
for long stretches of that game against the Bucks after getting up to a solid start. So I think, you know, I, I weirdly, and this is strange to say, you say, you know, talking about the Seahawks going to Germany is strange. I have more faith in Geno Smith than I have in a lot of other quarterbacks right now. Hmm. Ooh, I got to ask you about this quarterback right here, Kirk Cousins. Right now, the Minnesota Vikings are sitting at 8-1, and one, right? A lot of people made riffraff about their schedule. They lost to the best team in the National Football League, the Philadelphia Eagles. That's their mm-hmm. only loss. They beat a team in the Buffalo Bills, who a lot of people have been crowning as the best team in, in the National Football League. Can the Minnesota Vikings win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? They can, but I think what has to happen for them is they have to get the one seed. And I think about the Eagles and Nick Foles a few years ago where – the Eagles won all those games with Carson Wentz playing MVP caliber football that year. And then Carson Wentz gets hurt. Nick Foles comes in. He had one big game against the Giants, but he really struggled at the end of that season. But because they had so many wins banked, they had the one seed. So they got a first round by, and they had home field advantage throughout the postseason. They beat the Falcons in a close game. Then they got the Vikings in Case Keenan in the NFC Championship game. Blow them out, get to the Super Bowl. Nick Foles has the game of his life to beat the Patriots. I think for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, it kind of has to be the same formula. I, I, know, I know they won in Buffalo. I, I have some questions about team they beat. Josh Allen wasn't 100%. The secondary wasn't 100%. Um, I'd be worried about them in a rematch, worried about them on the road in some places. But I do think that if they can get that home crowd involved, play those games in January in Minnesota instead of in Dallas or Philadelphia, I think they can be a legit team. From the legit teams to the ones that are not legit, let's uh, get to my beloved Raiders. i got to ask you about it. Obviously, <laughs> uh, a nightmare season, but really this – I'm going to ask you about the future. All right, Bill? If you yep. were the GM of the Raiders right now and you had to choose between Derek Carr, Josh McDaniels, either and either both, who would you bring back next year? Ooh, I, I, think, I think I would lean towards both, but I think it comes down to what did you hire – Josh McDaniels to do. If you hired him to be offensive genius play caller, well, you've seen what he is. He's not that. He's fine. He's a solid offensive coordinator, but that's not, he's not like he's Sean McVay. It's not like he's Kyle Shanahan. He's not in that caliber of play caller. The offense has been good, but very inconsistent, and has not done a great job of integrating their star player, Devontae Adams, into the offense on a week-to-week basis. If you think he's about building a culture there, then I think you have to keep him, because realistically, you know, you can't really build a culture in nine games. That roster has many holes. I think you can maybe poke holes in the decision to get uh, Dante Adams in the first place, given their need for young talent. But I think you have to have that be a multi-year process if you hire him for that aspect of what Josh McDaniels might bring to the table. And for Derek Carr, I mean, we say some things about Derek Carr every year. This is not his fault. He's not playing terrible football. He's not playing the best football of his entire life. But he's still an above-average, very solid NFL quarterback. So unless you go past to a a clear franchise guy you think in the draft, you have the, the opportunity to pick that guy in the first round. I think otherwise you stick with Carr and you probably give McDaniels another year, but I wouldn't feel great about it at the very least, given what we've seen so far this season. Bill, last one before we let you go. Who is your MVP and where does Tua Tungvaloa fall on that list? I would say Patrick Mahomes. And I think we're sort of spoiled, right? You know, Patrick Mahomes is just so consistently great that I think you know, we're, we're used to him being this good. I don't think he's having his best season by any means, but I think he's just consistently been one of the top two or three best players in the National Football League. Um, Tua, to me, is number three at this point. And the only issue is that he's missed a couple games. I think if Tua had been playing throughout the entire season, he'd be that guy for me. I think he's been the best quarterback in football on a snap-by-snap basis. The only problem is 
he missed three games basically with that concussion, unfortunately. And that matters. At the end of the day, I mean, if you can be Patrick Mahomes and play for the entire season versus Tua Tagovailoa, where he's missed, uh, you know, 30% of the year basically so far, you kind of got to give that to Mahomes. But by the end of the year, Tua might have played enough, but it might tip the scales towards Tua if he keeps this up. Follow him on Twitter, at Bill Barnwell. Listen to the Bill Barnwell Show podcast. Bill, always appreciate your expertise, man. I wish you weren't always so right about the Raiders, but I do still appreciate you hanging out. Sorry, sorry, Fitz. <laughs> I mean, he's just smarter than everybody else. He poked holes in the Devontae Adams thing from the get-go for that very reason. Ooh. Okay, we gave you a top six. We went through the process, like the college football playoff committee, to give you the NFL playoff committee. Eagles one, Chiefs two, Dolphins three, Vikings four. Bills five, somehow the Giants at six. Y'all are chiming in. We're going to let you continue to. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can call in, tell us where we've lost our minds. Plus, one team being more disrespected than any other on this list. I'll tell you who it is next. Spain and Fitz, Harry Douglas, and for Sarah, hanging out with Jason Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. You can tweet us at hdouglas83, at Jason Fitz. You can call in, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're going to take your calls because, frankly, we've got a, a top uh, a top six going out. Top four, really, but a top six when you include uh, the outliers. But it's not for college football. No, 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 no. Even though Harry and I both work a lot in college football, what we decided to do is apply the same metric of the college football playoff committee to the NFL. So our whole show staff has gotten together, and we've played the role of NFL playoff committee. Now, I, I know how Boo Corrigan feels right now. Boo Corrigan, for anyone that doesn't know, athletic director at NC State. He's committee chair. He has to sit there and justify the committee's uh, discussions continually, even if he didn't vote that way or wouldn't have voted, voted that way. We've got Eagles 1, Chiefs 2, Dolphins 3, Vikings 4. Again, Philly, Kansas City, Miami, Minnesota. That's our top four. Take a line, take a line, take a line, take a line. Space. Bills at five. And somehow the Giants at six. I keep saying somehow the Giants at six. <laughs> I said earlier there's one team being disrespected. It's absolutely the Titans. Like, the fact is, the Titans yep. are sitting here saying, wait a minute. We were the number one seed last year in the playoffs. Wait a minute. We have the most dominant running back in the NFL. Wait a minute. We've been able to win even though we have Malik Willis and, like, a half of a Ryan Tannehill player right now. Like, they, they've endured, and all they've done is won football games. And they're not even – they weren't even in the debate for the top who, six. Who the Titans week one? Well, well, well I'll, I'll tell you this, though. I'll tell you this about the Titans. They can easily just have one loss right now. I think the game against the Buffalo Bills is the only game where they got blew out and they didn't have a chance. But you talk about the two-point conversion going forward on fourth down from Brian Dable to beat the Tennessee Titans. And you also think about the Kansas City Chiefs game that they recently just played and how they could have won that game in overtime or in regulation if they would have had their starting quarterback. So the Titans are definitely a team that's being disrespected. But for me, when I look at the Tennessee Titans, the thing that the only thing I think that can hold them back is quarterback play, especially coming out of the AFC, right? When you got Patrick Mahomes, you have Josh Allen, you have Joe Burrow, you have Tua Tagovailoa, you had all those quarterbacks that can pass the football very effectively. Where do the Titans lie uh, in that case? Because you know the, the offense is baseline Derrick Henry, 
And I seen it firsthand in the AFC Championship game a few years back when they played Kansas City and they got down and they struggled passing the football to come back in that game. Yeah, I think that's a great point about passing the football. And it's a huge deficiency that makes the eye test portion of it feel like they're dropped off. Big Easy on Twitter came back and said, KC 1, Buffalo 2, Philly 3, Minnesota 4, 5 is Miami, 6 is Baltimore. Like, dude, like, does do wins don't matter? I mean, I, I don't even know how to process Ooh, that. Like, strength the record. I, oh, I mean, what, what, I, I don't know. I, but, he, but here's where it differs from college. In the National Football League, everyone, they're pros for a reason. The worst team in the National Football League can beat the best team in the National Football League on any given day. But this is the SEC argument all over again. Like, how do you, how do you factor in the fact that, I mean, let's take Vandy aside. Congratulations, Vandy. First SEC win since October of 2019 over the weekend. Kentucky football, you're trash. Um, but uh, I think. Ooh, say it again. Uh, Kentucky football, you're trash. Uh, but, ding, ding, uh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> You're a basketball school. You reminded us all of that over the weekend. Uh, but I think that this is the SEC argument, right? Like every game is tough. But like we have the Jets are six and three. Jets fans are like Chris working on the show. You're a Jets fan. Make the case. Like, does your should the Jets be in there over the Giants? So it's so funny because I could be swayed on this or whatever. But I scripted this out because we talked about Devin made a good point. Let, let's. It's eventually going to go to twelve. So let's try and go to twelve. I, I had to get to twelve before I got to the Jets. I guess it. it this like, is it's so hard for me to believe in Zach Wilson and this there you team go. on a consistent that's, that's basis. That's the thing right there. Yeah, that's but the I, thing I believe. Right there. I like, but I, I I said this earlier today on Monday Night Football with some of the digital work I do. Like we all sit here and believe in Justin Herbert, and then we sit here and fault Lamar Jackson for his playoff right, record. Well, there's but a reason Justin why the Chargers Herber- aren't even in yeah, this conversation. But my point is that Justin Herbert, for all the belief he gets, has never even played a playoff game. Like so, we put all the weight into a quarterback when the fact is, like, you can have what's supposedly the next superstar quarterback and be sitting at home watching the playoffs. Like, like I, I think we're just overvaluing that. Like, there, there's well, no, 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 Fitz, I don't think so because at the end of the day. Everything comes back to the quarterback position. Can my quarterback make the throws? What happened to Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs? Could he make that throw? No, he didn't make the throw. Patrick Mahomes made the throw that they needed in order for them to Tyreek Hill to win that game. When I looked at the Tennessee Titans last year against Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow got sacked nine times in that game, but he made every throw he was supposed to make. Ryan Tannehill did not. When it comes to the playoffs, especially you get to uh, second round, AFC Championship, NFC Championship, Super Bowl, your quarterback has to be upper echelon to be able to get you over the hump in those regards. So, uh, you know, it's hard because when you apply the metric of the college football playoff, a team like the Ravens, that I think is actually a pretty good team, is really out of this conversation, right? Because – they lost to the they lost to Baltimore. Uh, they lost to Buffalo. They lost to the Giants. Right. So those three losses, like uh, their their three losses are three painful losses because they're all to teams above them. Right. So I think that that's part of what eliminates maybe the Ravens. I, I think Harry, you're putting the 49ers way too high based on what the 49ers are going to be. But we got to base it on who they are right now, like today, and the body of work for for the 49ers doesn't really, to me, doesn't support that. But the reason why is because you look at the first game of the year, right, against the Buffalo, I mean, against the Chicago Bears, a rainstorm, it's monsooning, right? You can't really run your offense like you want to run it. You look at the game against the Denver Broncos, I think it was the second game of the year, Jimmy G's first game as a starter. He's trying to get acclimated back to things. They lose to the Atlanta Falcons. They had a ton of guys out uh, per injury. So when I look at the 49ers, really the only game I think that they really – really, really lost in my eyes is the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. We also got to remember last year, it, through nine games, this team started four and five. 
This team went to the – they finished 6-2, and they went to the NFC Championship game and should have went to the Super Bowl. And everyone started getting on their bandwagon late. I said early last year that the San Francisco 49ers are a dangerous team, and I still think they're a dangerous team this year. Spade and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz going through our NFL playoff committee. So we're applying the same standard as the college football playoff committee to figure out who the top six are. And it has been a heated time. Uh, now, we've heard the Cowboys mentioned by Bill Barnwell earlier. If the Cowboys, uh, Harry, we'll start with Harry, then we'll go to the guys. Harry, yeah. if the Cowboys yeah. played the Giants today on a neutral field and you had to bet your empire on it, who are you betting on? Cowboys. All right, Devin. If the Cowboys played the Giants on a neutral field and you had to bet your mom and dad's house because, let's face it, like now you got to go to Thanksgiving realizing that you lost your mom and dad's house on this game, what, 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 it's always Listen, a house for me. Yeah, Chris and I were actually talking about this in the break, right? The, the Cowboys beat the Giants at, at, in New York with Cooper Rush Barely. as a quarterback. With Cooper Rush. With Cooper Rush as a quarterback. So even me as a Giants fan, I have to take the Cowboys on a neutral site I'm, right now. I'm starting to think that Barnwell swayed me here. I think I think maybe Dallas should really be this sixth team instead of New York. It's tough. I mean, they're seven and two and they beat the Ravens, but I, I think. So maybe, can me and Fitz ask y'all two a question? Why yeah. in the hell would y'all vote for the Giants to be in the sixth spot if y'all feel that way? I got nervous, Harry. I got nervous. Okay. I, I, I have to say, I think we. You know, this is why we have these discussions, though, Harry. I now granted, I would still take the Giants over, say, I don't know, the 49ers, but that's a different story. On a, you, on a but new, listen, I, I, I feel today you would take I the Giants over yes. the 49ers. I gotta stop. I gotta stop them. I cannot allow you to take a team that is one dimensional. They're one dimensional. They don't have receivers. Daniel Jones is not being put in the position where he has to pass the football. It's going to catch up to the New York football giants at some point this year, guys. At Trust some me. point, but they're 7-2. and two. We've been saying at some point all year long. Yeah, I heard a lot of last year when you're defending your 49ers pick. This is this year, Harry. I get it. They look good on paper when they play really well. The They've 49ers have a the better Broncos roster. and the Bears. They, the, the they have a better, have a better roster, roster today right now. Than the Giants, yeah. I mean, on a neutral field today, like, this is hard because the eye test to me tells me the 49ers win that game. But the resume test says that the Giants deserve consideration. Tune in tomorrow night, by the way, <laughs> for college basketball action. Kentucky, remember, college basketball school, takes on Michigan State. Also, definitely a college basketball. So, Kansas battles Duke in the Champions Classic. One of my favorite coverage begins at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We'll take your calls throughout the course of the night. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can keep hitting us up on Twitter, too. Uh, by the way, Angry Bears fan Dadman asked if we were in a different year. He's at a loss for words. Can't, he doesn't appreciate our committee at all. All right, we're going to get you caught up for non- Monday Night Football next. Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast.